Welcome to the Human Size Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Crystal. And today we're going to talk about the inner critic. Yeah, this this can be a challenging one. In fact, before we started, I was telling Crystal, I recognized something I didn't even realize was the inner critic. Um, mm-hmm. And it caused me to do some actions at an unhealthy pace. And so that's what we're yeah. talking about today is just that that voice um, in the background of your head that that's saying things that are negative. Yeah. That part of you, that's you. Um, we're not talking about, there are some people who have, um, true health issues, mental health issues. There's a, you know, my family has schizophrenia. There's, you know, that's something you're worried about. That's something to check out, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about that conscious inside of us that we, we all wrestle with for me. Um, when I'm getting up in the morning and I don't want to get up, but I need to get up. I literally have a dialogue <laughs> like, oh, I just, it's so nice here in my bed. Like, but you have things you need to do. You had these plans. Yeah. And I think we have, um, you know, being a Christian, at least I grew up thinking that inner critic, no one told me that voice in my head. Um, th- what I came up assuming, that's a better way to say it, is that that voice in my head, those negative thoughts, that was Satan. And mm-hmm. I just needed to ignore them. Um and if I ever spoke them, that was something that wasn't a good thing. And so um, I learned to just pretend like it wasn't there, but then it was impacting my life. Yeah. And I'm starting to unravel that right now. And I'm unraveling a little bit because of it. It sounds like a dysfunctional family system. Like um, when I went through some learning about like alcoholism or addiction and closed family systems, one of the things is you don't talk about it outside of the house. And it's like, it's kind of like that. Like if we don't acknowledge that voice as being, um, like if we cut it out or just suppress it, like you were saying, like it's always bad, um, which is interesting. I, and there is like a truth that there are, there's lies in there that the voice is believing or bad things it's saying, like the content of what it's saying is something we need to address. But that voice is actually part of us. And that's what I've been learning through the conversations we've been having, Zach, is um, just with the idea of like what it is to like embrace that part of you as not um, bad, but to to bring health to the situation, like to have healthy boundaries with that um, conversation with yourself and what's happening there, being able to speak truth to it and being able to even, this may sound really weird to a lot of people, but to love that part of yourself, because really those bad things are coming out of a brokenness or a need that that part of you is trying to um, seek in the wrong way. Yeah. And you know, for my parents, they were trying to protect me, right? Like, mm-hmm. and spiritualized it. And so there's there's verses that talk about casting our thoughts down um, and things like that. And so that that is where that comes from, I think. But the problem is, uh, for me, is it was almost, it's a brick wall, right? And so mm-hmm. what happens when you, I don't know if you've tried this, but when you've ignored someone trying to get your attention, Uh, Mm -hmm. They just get louder and louder and more obnoxious and more obnoxious. (laughs) And so, and I think that's what happens when we do this like wall up and don't Mm -hmm. even explore the thought. And so, or they um, get more vicious. Over time, it becomes, yeah. What's that? They get more vicious. They get more because they're frustrated, you know, when we're talking about other people. Yeah. 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 And our thoughts do the same thing. I'm coming to find out. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know about you, Crystal, but for a while I was like, um, I'm the only one that has thoughts like this. Mm-hmm. It was was my thought. Like, this is just crazy. 
um, you know, almost <laughs> you talked about mental illness, but there was a season where I was wondering if I was mentally ill because the thoughts would be so consuming. The inner critic would be so loud. Right. Yeah. I know. And it is jarring. Like since I've been doing this work to try to identify what those lies of the inner critic or those things that I'm fighting against and actually listening to the inner critic instead of just shutting them out, like you said, um, it's been like, wow, I can't believe what you're saying. Like some of the stuff that I say to myself inside is like so mean, like, like you are just really failing right now. Like you, you can't do this. Like, and that's when you hear that voice loud and clear, man, it sounds like, I can't believe this is part of me. I can't believe that. And it's, it feels a little bit easier just to say that that's always some other entity, (laughs) you know, that because it is, um, it's so jarring, but as, um, I've started to listen to it more, I've been able to be more, um, confident and it's, it has quieted in a way it has become less aggressive because I can say, Hey, that's not true. <laughs> like I am, you know, made with the design. Like I am doing my best. I am loved and I don't have to be perfect at this thing. You know, all those kind of things that you say to rewrite the story and it has become less vicious and less jarring. Yeah. And as we were talking about our temptation to ignore, I think the other side that we can do that's a mistake is agreeing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's this harsh thing said in the back of our mind. And we can go like, I'm I'm a failure, right? And so like, like here's what here's an inner critic thought for myself. Um, when I screw up as a dad, I have that thought that I'm a terrible father mm-hmm. and my kids would be better off with a different man leading the home. That is one of my inner critic thoughts. And, you know, agreeing with it is just as dangerous as ignoring it. And what I hear you, Crystal, saying is something that's different than agreement. Um, What was that? Um, Embracing, like, coming closer to it. I don't know what I said, honestly. (laughs) Ask that question again, Zach. (laughs) Yeah. No, well, what I heard you saying was that, like, you said kindness. So, yeah, I was thinking, you know, I was in, as I was sharing that, I was kind of just going through this whole journey in the back of my mind I've had with um, learning about the inner critic, you know, for some, this may be a very new concept, but I also listened to this really great talk with, um, it was Steve Cuss and a few other people, and I can't remember their names. I will put it in the comments if I can of this podcast, Um, but it was called Healing the Divided Self and talking about just how we have these parts of us. And uh, one part of, for me, it was there in reflecting on that, like there's the, what are they? I th- we've talked about like the rescuer, the firefighter, you know, there's, um, the orphan and mm-hmm. there is another one that kind of takes charge, like the coordinator maybe, or something like that. Um, but I, I went away from with myself, like kind of on a weekend, just kind of reflecting, um, and listening and, and doing some inner work on this. And I realized that I had this broken, like part of me that, that, um, orphan like really needed to be like acknowledged. Like you had a hard, you always had to like, you know, fight for yourself. You felt alone. And like, there was this really healing moment. I remember being on the Oregon coast and I was just looking over the ocean by myself, kind of just acknowledging that and, and kind of talking to myself, the opposite, talking back to that inner part of me with love and saying, you know, you were loved like you, that was hard. I see you. 
Um, and it might sound like a really bizarre, I might sound insane right now to some people, but that was, that moment was pivotal for me to open the door to actually like healing, letting myself be healed, like stop being the barrier. I mean, God wants to heal me. God loves me. He's abundantly poured this love out on me, but there's like this divided part of me that hasn't had access to that. So that was a pivotal moment of just like embracing that broken part of me for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And what what you're doing in those moments so for anyone listening that that sounded crazy here <laughs> let's just explain it in a different way of like if you believe that jesus um died for you and you are redeemed you are redeemed that's all of you every every part of you and yeah. what happens is like what crystal's describing is parts like that inner critic um we recognize that God's redemption has not come in and invaded that area, right? Because yeah. it's it's seeded with, it takes truth and manipulates and twists and changes and it becomes harsh. And so as, yeah. you, as you allow that thought to be, and it's covered in the kindness of God, the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, those things, the truth in them comes mm -hmm. to light and yeah. so it's it changes from this harsh inner critic voice to um, like i was describing that my inner critic comes up and says um that i'm a failure as a father and my kids would be better off with a different man leading them like that's a, that's a very harsh thing but if i ignore it completely what i'm ignoring is it's signaling i just messed up mm -hmm. but when i agree with it fully well, that's a terrible place to be, like that they would be better off. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. But there's truth in there. And the truth is that I messed up as a father. And so when yeah. it's covered up with lo love and joy, then I can move in the direction of asking forgiveness of my kids, forgiving myself, doing the actions that come along with it. And so that's, that's, what, we're, that's what Crystal was kind of describing there was that God redeeming that voice. Yeah. And if I could just say a little more to that, like just, first of all, we're not professional psychologists or professional in any realm that we're just sharing our own experience. So, but with that, getting, creating that inner voice and it being that inner part of you, like when you're growing up and when you're developing things happen and you, you use the mechanisms, you know, to, to manage it. And so like compartmentalizing and um, separating yourself from things is kind of a survival at some points. And I know I've had a lot of help with spiritual leaders, with counseling, uh, with people who love you, helping walk through that. But I just think the, that is a, as we grow and we have the resources to grow, we can break free from those or start to understand those mechanisms that we naturally used for survival and let God and the resources he's given us bring tools so that we can heal and not use those broken mechanisms from childhood in adulthood. Yeah. And that's what I have done for years. Those mechanisms yeah. that once served me well, they no longer mm -hmm. serve me, but in the moment, honor the protection that it gave. Um, and yeah. so like, um, I, I became a high achiever because my inner critics loud. It, um, I was able to get attention through achievement and sports and other things because that inner critic was loud. Um, and so like it is a negative part, like it's a negative thing. Like it's not fun to live with that loud booming voice, but like you were saying, a firefighter, it was a protector 
for Zach. Um, and just acknowledging that, hey, that was protection. Thank you. Yeah. Or when that inner critic comes in, what are you trying to show me? And sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's an overreaction to something and you don't need to do anything. But sometimes there are, oh, I need to go, like I said, the apology or, oh, I need to practice. So here's an example. When I was at the church um, and I'd have a sermon, because my inner critic was so loud, I would practice my sermon <laughs> like 10, 15, 20 times verbal, just go through the whole thing. And so if I just went, oh, no, the inner critic's wrong, and I never practiced, that actually would be terrible for <laughs> for people there. Because if I don't work on my words, then I'm, I'm not engaging people and missing gaps. They don't even know what I'm saying and all these other things that yeah. can come along with it. But it. But when I acknowledge, hey, this this happened, right? Here's how my inner critic guides me. But then covering it with love and kindness, it pulls the thread of anxiety off of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm at peace while I'm preparing for the sermon. Well, and then part of that, isn't it engaging that inner critic's voice and saying like, what are you, why are you seeking this? Like, why, why is this lie even happening? And I, this is going to sound really weird, but like leading that inner voice to the, to the gospel, to the truth that like what you need is already here, that you are loved. You are everything that you need to be, whether the inner critic's looking for approval or perfection, um, to be whatever it needs to be to feel valued. Like, I think in that scenario that you gave, like there's a healthy medium, right? Right. You, you, the inner critic is pushing you to um, be aware, to do your best, to be able to communicate well. But then it so easily can go over to the side where you're just trying to hit a mark of approval or you're just... I was actually just listening to a story of a pastor who um, he committed suicide as it was his widow. And she was talking mm-hmm. about how you know being able to be on stage and do his sermon without his notes was like he just needed to have that level of performance. So he would practice all day on Saturday before Sunday to like just hundreds of times. She said just all day to make sure every word, everything was right. Well, that's like, that's coming out out of a place of communication for the heart of the other. I would say it's coming out of a place mm-hmm. that drove him um, ultimately to a place of hopelessness, unfortunately, but yeah. And there, and right. And I think for me, uh, my false need is approval. And so that is where all that practicing is coming from. So pulling that out of there and doing my best for God, not for the approval of men, I I will still practice, but not to the degree. And I won't yeah. stress. Yeah. And so you're right. Yeah. Like looking at it going, because um, doing your best, good thing. Obsessing over it, mm-hmm. um, not so good. And so... I've, I've aired sometimes and done well sometimes. And so, and that's yeah. something, just, just another reminder, just be kind to yourself in this. Because when you're, when you're starting a new thing and you're like kind of dealing with an inner critic that can get loud and obnoxious, we can get, become more reactive temporarily. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think the first step with all of this, everything we talk about pretty much is self-awareness and, and learning. You got to get to know your inner critic without... Um, fighting it or like walling it out, as you said, Zach, um, get to know like, why, why are you telling me that I'm not good enough? Why do I have this such high expectation that you're, you're expecting me to meet no one else is? you had mentioned, we were talking Zach about, um, a lot of that urgency and pressure you feel. And when you 
unravel it, it's often from yourself. And I have that yeah. too. Like I will, I mean, someone will, there'll be some need out there. It's spoken or I see it. And all of a sudden I've put like this no fail or success line where like, I have to meet that need. And I've lived under that my whole life. And then being able to recognize that and realize like, why am I like, why am I feeling so much pressure and no one else is expecting this from me? Like, but I have to get to know my inner critic. I have to be able to sit, stop and reflect and like, where's this pressure coming from first? And then being able to have a ears and decipher, like, what's the voice of my head saying? Like, what is it verbalizing that I'm reacting to? And then ultimately getting a response that's positive to that. Like, I don't have to be perfect because Jesus died for me. I don't have to be perfect because I'm already everything I need to be, no more or less. Yeah. I don't need people's approval because Jesus died and approved of me. You know, they're, yeah. they're, and once you start listening to the inner critic and hearing where the lie is, the, you know, the, the biggest part of that, right. Then you can start doing brave practices yeah. and, and doing things about that. But the first step is just, you know, just acknowledging that you do have an inner critic and what Crystal was talking about before I get on the podcast, just to be transparent is like one of my big, big boulders of inner critic is that I'm behind. And so it leads me to doing a yo-yo almost uh, behavior where I will work, 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 and over-exhaust myself, become reactive. Uh, like I was communicating with Crystal the other night um, through Polo. I don't know if you have that app, but um, and my words were all disconnected and discombobulated <laughs> and trying to do things. And I was more offended by things and I was taking on fights that I didn't need to take on. And all of that was coming from this inner critic belief that I'm behind. And so I was overrunning my guardrails um, of what I actually could mentally do. Yeah. And so just you, you can ignore the inner critic if you want. But it's going to keep affecting your life, or you could step closer to it and invite Jesus into that space. But just like we say every week, uh, this is an area you're going to fail. So continue to fail forward. You got this. Thanks for being with us this week on the Human Size Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Join Crystal and Zach next week in a special episode as they evaluate how the podcast has been for them so far. Till next time, have a great week.